creativity is super difficult if you're in an environment where your brain somehow is not feeling quite safe. We hang out somewhere on a scale of between like a little bit activated to fully in rage or flight and it stops creativity. Welcome to Refreshing Leadership, the show where we give permission for you to be human first and foremost, by bringing to life the incredible nervous system in action and the psychology of how we can move from surviving to thriving and even flourishing. Together, we go behind the scenes to this engine room of self-leadership, leading in your family, community and organisation by debunking old toxic approaches to leadership and instead demystifying it with practical and relatable conversations. I'm Kate Brassington, coaching psychologist, trauma-informed leadership coach, your guide and companion on this journey together. Hey everybody, welcome to this episode of Refreshing Leadership. Um, again, this time I'm recording in a different place from usual, or just straight onto my laptop. So forgive me if the sound or the internet quality is slightly different from usual. The wonderful Rob will be working on it to, to keep it sweet for your ears. Um, but just to let you know right up front, um, if the rain, rain starts bashing on the window or um, things get a bit crackly, please understand that I'm in a cottage in the south of England on the half-term holidays. So what are we going to talk about today? Um, I am delighted that there is an opportunity through the episode with Hannah Shergold to really um, move into a sense of intuition and creativity. And it's a question I'm often asked when I'm talking with corporates and they say, um, like, why do they want coaching for their people? And one of the things is to be to create an environment that would foster creativity. And there is some incipient understanding in some organisations and people out there, um, particularly through the great work of Brené Brown, um, that creativity is super difficult if you're in an environment where um, your brain somehow is not feeling quite safe. Um, safe is a really weird word, um, as you have heard me talk about a lot. Um, so I don't mean, like, of course, well, mostly you're probably actually safe, like warm, dry, fed, etc. I hope so. Anyway, if you're listening to this, that this is that, that this is you. But what the nervous system codes as safe and unsafe. So that's what we're talking about here. Um, and that's where the nervous system um, hasn't really caught up with the speed of how much our world has changed um, since we evolved. And so we evolved for a much slower, quieter and more animal-like world than the one we live in. And so although our dangers and threats are very different now, um, our nervous system is still entirely coded. There is no other operating system and it's entirely coded for safety and danger. And if the, it assesses danger, then you have certain parts of your brain that immediately shut down. It's not under conscious control. And they shut down um, and you kick into what is commonly known as survival mode um, of some kind. It could be fight or flight or freeze um, or fawn. It could be different shades within all of that. Um, and what but most people don't seem to understand and why that little drum I keep banging about the nervous system is that um, it doesn't just go, well, it can go from zero to, to, to 100 on this 
but mostly we hang out somewhere on a scale of between um, like a little bit activated to fully in rage or flight. So somewhere in between a little bit activated um, and the full thing is a whole range of places that you could be at any one moment at any one time. From a deadline at work to seeing an email come in late at night to hearing your child bang on the floor upstairs um, to um, taking a phone call from um, your mum who's had a fall and is in hospital. Like so many different scenarios um, that will suddenly send us into um, a nervous system reaction and some parts of our brain will shut down. We have to do that. That's how it works. Um, and it can be super challenging to navigate this. Um, and it stops creativity. So one of the big things that we um, that I do with people is help you learn how to navigate within. And one of the reasons why, because it always has to come down to why, is to open up your creativity. Now, I do not mean here, um, which I used it. Now, I'm going to be saying this because I need to think about this too. Um, your ability to make cakes or um, artwork or drawings or something. Um this is any creative solutions, problem solving, um, working out what to do next in your life, how to, um, usually creativity is around more fun. So instead of a, what should I do with this phase of my life, it's how could I create this? Um, and this sense that we have at the moment in some parts of the world where we are able to create this, this realization, return to power, and particularly amongst women and, and not all women and not all places um, and not all people in not all places, but where you have it, where you can access it, access a full return to power that is available to you. What opens up is creativity. And that's what I do mainly a lot of in my coaching room is support people um, to step out of feeling small and that they can't or that their circumstances are holding them back um, and help them navigate their way through that. Um, and the whole thing that we need to do before we even bother with all of that is to work out what is it why are you moving forward why would you be creating something what is it you would create if you could um, and often in the course of that work um, we resolve or dissolve um, a lot of old demons that have come around us um, that we picked up along the way and as people get lighter and freer we start to work towards what could they really create what did it what is it that they really want that they would really like in their life um, some people have been working with me um, for quite a long time on business stuff before really beginning to open up that the thing that's really missing in their life is not how they are at work. That's fine. But their private personal life is has been sad and lonely, echoing place for many years. Or um, their desire to create a family or children or to do something much more connected with nature I'm um, talking with someone the other day who wants to like, be a swimming teacher, you know, and, and not just a swimming teacher, but help people learn how to, the ner nervous adults learn how to swim. And I just think, gosh, there's so, so much already in that. It's a trauma-informed healing kind of empowerment practice that someone would go from being afraid of water to being able to confidently swim, even wild, um, which is just fantastic. So when I'm Gathering my thoughts and talking to you about this, I just want to inspire you that creativity, um, not about the WI, Women's Institute Making Cakes and Marmalades, um, although that might come too, and it did with me. Um, the more I began to release my hang-ups and my traumas and to work towards who 
the life that I wanted to be in would feel comfortable and grateful in every day by making those changes inside of me that I needed to make. Um, actually, the love of making marmalade, growing things in the garden and a lot more practical creative ideas come to me. I never thought that I was someone who would do any of those things. And in fact, um, there are days in my life when I love it. So there we are. And I think that when we're doing this inner healing work, um, and I kind of glossed over it just that, um, like it's called shadow work or healing work or trauma-informed work or uh, release or emotional stress. There's lots and lots of words that you can really latch onto. Um, but somewhere, um, as soon as you begin to try and design your life or create the next steps in your life or to create something big, something bigger than you, um, then usually we come up with um, some kind of block. And that's usually something from our past. And it could be a belief system. It could be all sorts of different things. And those are what we call the shadows. That's what we're, um, and then help you as your companion and your guide to work through them. Um, and I'm the other side, because in therapy, you would go work on them for however long it takes. And I do think that there's lots of times when that's really valid and, and powerful. And you will know the things that you want to get therapy on. Um, but a lot of times I think people, you're just, um, to use the metaphor that I used um, in the last episode um, that I was talking with you, um, like clearing out the garage. You just want someone to come with you. Your mate's going to come with you. You're going to have a right laugh, clearing out the garage, sorting things out. At the end of which, there will be some projects that you work on and there will be some projects on a shelf marked for later. And that's really how I see my work as a coach, even trauma-informed coach, even knowing that some of those boxes in your garage have got scary things in them um, where you've been done to. And I support you in safely boxing them up for the time when you're ready or, or giving them a better place in the garage so they can be um, more healing, um, more... Uh, self-compassion um so um, bringing all that through with the now my reflections on that episode with Hannah Shergold um I, I recommend you listen to it um I'm going to put the YouTube on um shortly as well because she was in her studio and she was talking to me showing me her artwork that is some of it's not even in the public domain yet that was amazing in itself. And talking with her about the creative process and what was so funny was she she didn't get out. I think if you listen back, you'll hear that I ask questions about creativity, I think three or four times before she begins to talk about the creative process of her art itself. What she actually leaps straight into is how for her, the creative process is building, designing and preparing like the project management side of preparing a huge show, a show of her artwork, however many pieces between 14 or 16 or something like that, and each one slightly different, um, that will open in an amazing location and the pieces will go for what is to, I mean, it's beyond the price of a family holiday. Like there are, I don't know, I, if you, I think some of her prices are online. So we're talking, I think minimum of about 10 grand for a piece through to 2530 and beyond. And there's, um, if you haven't had a look, go and have a look at her stuff, it's amazing. Um, she, she is one of the, um, or the official artist for the Tusk charity. Um, so that's conservation um, worldwide. And she's done some incredible, a beautiful, beautiful painting of David Attenborough, three, three of sort of head, three, three headshots of him having different expressions on his face. That's very beautiful. Um, and many, many other pieces besides, but anyway, 
spoke to her about creativity. But I was really interested in the art. And then she did begin to talk about the art. And that was in a deep, I would think, like my interpretation of that, um, she would have she would have to answer your questions to tell you what it was like for her. But my sense of it was that that was her true creative process, that bringing the artwork to life and allowing it to be sold effectively for a higher purpose, much bigger than herself, is a create a fully creative process for her. But when she really came alive was when she t- began to talk to me about how the paint fell on the on the on the canvas, how she handled it when she had mistakes, how she used her intuition to guide her, how she sees the world already through these layers of colour, scraping down layers of colour and all the rest of it. And I find that super interesting because there is someone who's an ultimate businesswoman, entrepreneur, solopreneur. She's now, she's not shown in galleries and she talks about this on the podcast. Um, she thinks because she's, um, as far as galleries are concerned, she's she's successful in her own right, which is true. Um, but, but she, um, you know, so it's like, how is she going to raise her game? How can she take that to the next level? How many amongst us have had um, such huge success as solopreneurs, um, not just on our own behalf, but raising walloping massive six-figure sums for charity as well? I, I I do not know. She's the only person on in my fairly large network um, who, who I know of who's done something like that. And that's coming down to her intuition and her creativity and her inner sense of um, who she is. And she talks candidly about the inner work that she's had to do um, to, fe- to face her demons, what it was like as an army um, helicopter pilot, because there's just not many women who do that, who think and she's naturally analytical problem solver. She's not naturally a creative person. And yet here she is, this huge artistic talent. Um, and I really think that it, so this connects in for me with the work that I'm doing on the Leadership Reimagined training, um, where we are learning as a body of coaches um, to build that intuitive sense, felt sense with inside of us. And to be able to sense in with to someone else, whether they're on Zoom or in a room with us. Um, now, for some of the people on the call, as I talk with them on the breakout rooms, this is unreal. They had did, they thought they were just coming on a trad leadership training program, and they didn't know that we were going to be doing this absolutely reimagined. I, for one, had hoped it would be, um, and so I'm thrilled because um, I really, as you know, don't coach in a very standard way. Um, I'm not. I think that if you've got got a clear idea of what you want in life, and you're and you're some way confident in dealing with your goals, you will get those things. So I don't really coach around that stuff. I coach people through their shadows, through the areas that they are afraid of, that they can't solve themselves, that they can't crack on their own. Um, the places where privacy and discretion really, really matters, where you're not going to be talking about it necessarily with um, someone who's uh, like a coach trained manager, for example. But you need someone outside of your um, immediate circle. Um, and I think that that's um, really powerful um, when these um, trainers on our program are talking about intuition. And it's very affirming for me, like all these these years that I've been building myself towards coaching in this way through my own intuition. And then here I am on a, on a training program that's saying, yes, work with intuition. This is how to do it. You're going to have an immediate question. And this, I in all the work that I do with myself and with my clients around intuition, it comes back to how do I know I'm right? And that's a question that I I stand beside my clients as they face into that. 
and I stand beside my own coach as I face into it for myself. I do not think there is a glib answer for it. I do think there are ways that we can support ourselves to work through it. So it's not like it's impossible. Um, but oh my goodness, to stand and look it within and hear and feel and sense your intuition so strongly that you are guided forwards, literally, whether you believe that to be from a higher power or from the magic of the universe or from nothingness. It does, I, I don't go, as you know, you've complete freedom to overlay any of that stuff that you want. Um, but ultimately, from somewhere comes a feeling, a sense that you know what you're going to do next and you know what needs to be done um, and you know why. And that will drive you forwards no matter what. And another place that I really support people that come to me and say, I've been working to the, towards this for such a long time and I feel like I've stalled. And I cannot stall now after such a lot of work. And so I help them go side by side next to the, them as they review. Because one of the things is when we've got sunk cost, it's called in economic circles, when we've worked towards a goal for so long and invested so much in it, it can really blind us. And so then you may no longer be working with your intuition hand in hand, but with your will, with your determination. There's a lot of amazing shadow work in there between whether you are your will and your determination, if we call those in the um, the cognitive domain, um, really meet with your deep felt sense, your deep inner knowing, which we would call the subconscious, but also in there are shadows. So it's an absolutely fascinating area. Um, and I um, just think, you know, oh, I'm so lucky to be able to have these conversations with you all on the podcast. Um, I think, who would I love to work for? What kind of leader do I look for? Is the person who's able to look within, who is refreshing in their approach to looking at who they are and what kind of ways they've done things well and badly, and also has got a strong sense of who they are guiding forwards um, through the challenges. So I um, I invite you to ask yourself, just taking a breath and dropping within for a few breaths, as long as that might take, and just checking in with yourself, what is my intuition? Have I got an inner guiding voice today? And what is it saying to me? And if you've been doing this for a while, you'd be going hello to your old friend inside your head, the voices that you are familiar with. And if this is brand new to you, then for goodness sake, get in touch. You do not need to be working on your own with this. You have the power. I, as a coach, am only your guide and your companion. You have all that you need to connect deeply within and to unleash the power, literally unleash the power that is latent within you or that you've unleashed to a certain extent. Um, and let's face it, people, there's a lot of good that needs to be done in the world. So let's get to it. Thank you so much for listening. See you next time. Thank you for listening to this episode. While I'm here, did you know that I work one-to-one -one with people who are ready to make change for the better for themselves or others? And can I make a plea for our leaders who are especially under pressure, not only to balance their own mental health, but leading balanced and thriving teams? The fallout of the pandemic and the increasing economic pressures have made this a really great area for mental health worldwide. And the burden is falling on our leaders and managers. If you'd like to ease suffering and get the fun back, rebuilding resilience and lasting mental health in yourself or your team, 
Remember that healthy financial results and great business performance can only come from high-performing people who are in top condition to thrive. Let me help you help your people now. Get in touch and let's start the conversation.